wonderful to also see people in, in Falcon and those of you who are not in the picture, we've been praying for you and you're still part of what the river that God is doing right now. We have been hearing good stories of what God was doing here. So the message today, before I talk a little bit about Falcon, is to encourage us along a path of transforming our efforts and our works for him to become like Jesus's works. So a bit like the children's ministry message today, which I did not know, we were created for good works. There's only one kind of good work, and that's Jesus' work. So hopefully this is where we will come out more prepared for God's message to us daily. So as a result, we need to look honestly at our works and with these scriptures, how we can progress by the Holy Spirit with worship, with prayer. So in that, I just want to be clear that this message is not because, well, in fact, it's because we saw many of the good works of God at fall conference. Many were miracles. On Sunday, we had a testimony time. I don't know if it got through on live stream, but we saw miracles. We had a car that was miraculously prepared before we went to Falcon. The person who tells a testimony, it's amazing. This car was not ready. She got it ready just in time, and we were able to move things up. A little problems on the way. One of those problems was a boulder the size of a football hit the windshield, and not one crack happened. Not one crack. These are the protection. This is the work of God. Had nothing to do with anything that we did except to surrender. Someone surrendered their car, their time. There were other miracles that happened. Some of you don't know that uh, we kept calling for the tech team, and we only found out Saturday night he was on honeymoon. He was on honeymoon. So our, our tech team and our worship team, they just kept having to reach out to God. I kept saying they say they're, they're coming, but they just had to keep reaching out to God. And as a result, there are other miracles that were shared. One of them, um, yeah, one of them I'll mention because it's coming to my mind right now. So this one is, you know, those of you who know sound, I know a little bit about the internet. It was explained like the internet. Imagine that you have a router and you turn the router on and you can see it in your settings and it's working and it's named and everything. And it works. You get internet. Well, that's... That's what looked like was happening at VCF with an overhead mic. Do you see an overhead mic? No, there's no overhead mic. But the sound people have been seeing it recently. And so when the packing happened, Carlos asked, where's the overhead mic? And they're like, it's never been here. So I don't know what to say to you, except that God is above everything we can ask or imagine. And I'm unashamed after studying physics and being in JPL to say he does miracles and we see it in many areas. So there, there were others that saw the move of God. Um, and um, even now I feel a bit of this where someone, the spirit of God came so strongly. She just was shaking and she's like, what is this? It's like, that's the Holy Spirit. Another person was playing the piano, I guess who, and was like, I can tell. I was, if, if I did not steady myself, I would fall or being slain in the Holy Spirit. We've not seen a lot of that at VCF recently. We used to in the early days, but we are open to whatever God has. Humbly, whatever you have, Lord, we're open. Children's ministers saw miracles. Um, there's so many worship team, so many who took their efforts good efforts. They brought them before God. They went through tough things. I know a children's minister, she had been sick all week. Her kids had been sick all week. And she's like, Lord, stretch me. Lord, stretch me. And he took her up on it. And she did children's ministry. And you know, this week, we heard a great testimony of a child who received the Lord and then his dining room table is asking his friend and his dad, have you accepted Jesus in your life? So the works of God are amazing. It may not look good to us. I think she wondered and we encouraged her. God used you and used many children's ministers. 
So I want to just say that all these works that are done by many, they're connected to God's works. They come from faith, but they come through our flesh. And so when we come in, we're going to see flesh and faith in our lives. And this is where we want to talk about growing through faith when the flesh starts coming out, because that will happen to us. So how can we enter his works and not our own? And what's the difference? How do we know when it's our works or God's works? Can we learn to feel the difference between the Holy Spirit's works and I believe we can and we are. So here's where we're going today, just because it's, I want you to know, this is God willing the straight line. It doesn't look very straight, but hopefully it'll be straight to where he's going. We're going to look at Luke 9 and 10, which has come up in our messages recently, and we'll see a, a pattern between the two. And then that finishes up in John 11. We're going to look at what Jesus warns, up, warns us about after we get catapulted into the story of someone who faces what we all do. After they're accepted by Jesus, the need to go deeper with Jesus so that our works are growing to be his works. And we become enfleshed with Jesus. So not our own flesh, but our flesh gets filled with Jesus. That's what we're after. And this can be a painful process, but the good news is... The cake, the cake. I'm just going to mention this, the cake. Did you guys hear that in worship today? It is in the message today. It is in the message. So I will give you a quick interpretation. There's something called the meal offering. It can be a cake. And so the Lord is already speaking to us right now. And I'll share more later. But God must deal with our flesh Like that knife showed that, um, but of course, God will work on that with us. So let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, you create everything through your word, and you are the word. So we thank you for your word today that is creating something new in us. Hide each one of us under your wings as you do this work. Hide us even from ourselves. That we will see Jesus today. We hold on. I hold on right now to the bottom of your robe and ask right now. Now, we pray for Michael right now, who is at um, Catalina Island. We ask that the river of God will flow there, that we will hear miracles taking place in Jesus' name, that healings will take place, and that lives will be delivered, and pillars and new works will be made strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's start with Luke 9 then. Luke 9, verses 1 to 6. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, ooh, no bag, no, nor bread, ooh, nor money, ooh, and do not have two tunics apiece. So no extra clothes, whatever your house, you stay, you enter, stay there. And from there depart and whoever will not receive you when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and they went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Praise God. May we be that that's where we're going. We're going to be facing things that God calls us to that are hard, like no technician and then make multimedia and sound work. But hopefully we will keep going. By faith they went. So we want to see, and we are seeing the order of God's kingdom coming into our lives. And this is different from our order. Our order likes things to be very comfortable so that we can see the next thing that's going to happen. If we can hold it all together, we feel that we're all together. But 
God's order is so different because he is working in order to bring out good works, not fleshly works that plan ahead our own way, but good works from his plans that are really much better than our plans. So let's just see that this is what God has for us today. God has power and authority over all devils. God has power for us to heal the sick, to cure diseases. God has power for us to preach the kingdom of God. We are in those days right now. So this is our time. 2000 years later, we are still here. We are created for good works. Do we want this? I do. I want it. me a long time to say that the apostles when they had returned told him all that they had done then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida notice how God works with each of us privately but when the multitudes knew it they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing we do what Jesus does When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into their surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. Ooh, that's the stretch. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. So add the women, the children, there's more. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did taken up by them. So here, what happens? Jesus asks, who am I? And such a deep space was made in Peter through the things happening in Luke 9. Peter says, you are the son of God. You are the one that is sent into the world. A deep revelation is opened up and Jesus says, it is not you that figured this out. It's a revelation from God. And that's what we all are open to the revelation that will proceed and give us works of God. So now let's just jump to Luke 10. That's why I was letting you know, we're going to do a little jumping. Um, Luke 10, we're going to look at Jesus releasing new harvesters into the harvest. And we're going to see a similar cycle. But this goes into a new story. So we'll watch the way the story changes a bit. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Ooh, carry neither money bag, ooh, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Ooh, but whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy of their wages. Do not go from house to house, whatever city you enter and they receive you eat these things uh, that are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go to the streets, say the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off you, against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Verse 17, let's jump. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the day. Demons are subject to authority, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. Jesus names are written in heaven. We rejoice. We rejoice. Amen. So there's a stripping of orderliness in order to prepare Peter and now another person to receive the order of heaven. The order of heaven, it can come against demons. It can come against sickness. It can come against disease. It can come against even our own flesh. So a stripping of the things in our flesh um, that would make us feel secure and confident um, that's a difficult message for some of us. It's very difficult at times. It would mean get going deeper into leaning on God and being dependent on God. That's what it means. So no per. Verse. No, this is not me. Then when your flesh may be screaming out that doesn't have the usual comforts and securities, when you do not know when you're in the city, if they're going to accept you or they're going to reject you, what does God say? Keep moving. He says, speak peace to the house. You don't know what's going to happen, but can you stretch further? Do you take the kingdom of heaven peace so that when it comes to the house, it finds the peace that is there that he's been working in. That's a big stretch because some of those houses will reject us. Do not go house to house. Don't try to share the weight of your, your food needs, your money needs around. Stay in one place. house. Stay and trust that these are the ones you're to minister to who themselves will go out with the message. Stay and trust. Oh, and do not greet anybody along the way. Just remember that. But look how they returned. The stretch was worth it. They were filled with great joy. Something happened that they began to see. And now Jesus takes them deeper. And he says, do not rejoice in the demons falling, but that your names are written in heaven. What is that about? So I believe that that is the crux of why we move into this next story. But let's just jump quickly to two other passages, Revelation 20 and then Exodus. We're going to see 32 later. What is this names written in the book of heaven or book of life? Verse 11 through 15. Amen. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead standing before God and books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Oh my goodness. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one. According to his works, then death's second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So just before we get confused on anything, their names are accepted already in the book of life. This is not about non-acceptance. This is about what happens after the blood of Jesus that has come for each one of us and is the acceptable offering to God. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus. He says, come on in, come on into the great throne. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. I knew your name was in the book of life because I can see all of time. I've been seeing this 
Um, so before we get confused at all, this is different. You are accepted by God when you accept Jesus into your heart because the work of his perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamp is already active in you. And if you feel that you wonder about that, run back quickly, reckon it as so, because it is true. But since this is an eternal book, and we hear about the book of life, um, also in Exodus 32, let's look at what happens there. Now it came to pass on the next day, you have committed a great sin. So let me just back up a second. Um, Moses was on the mountain and he was there 40 days security going to their idols. That's what, that's what they grew up with. It was in their flesh. It was in their bones. And so when Moses tarries somewhere less than 40 days, I don't know when you start getting nervous when the money doesn't come in. I don't know when you start getting nervous when you feel like it's 59th second of the 12th hour. But for them, it was somewhere, I'm going to say around a month. They're like, that's it. Make us a golden calf. Make us a golden calf. So let me just keep reading. Then Moses returned. Oh, sorry. You have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make a timid reason and have made for themselves, you notice that for themselves, a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray blot me out of your book, which you have written. In that sense, this is what Jesus was willing to do. This is what Jesus was up against. He paid an eternal death, not just for you, but for you and you and me and everyone. He was willing to have his name blotted out from the book of life for you. Now, because we're talking about God, not a problem, not a problem. He could see that his father would be there. He knew his father and he himself is God. But if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you've written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I've spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will on them for their sins. So this is the great goal for us to be in. Fleshed with God's works from a great conference. I mean, look, the Israelites had just seen plagues and miracles and they'd seen the Red Sea opened and they'd seen pillars of fire and pillars of clouds. And then they saw all their enemies defeated in front of them. And like, what else can you ask for? Not much more. He said, look, we'll build this and then we'll call the God Yahweh. So here's all the good stuff. Here's all the melted gold. Just call it Yahweh. Same thing. And then Yahweh keep talking. But you notice that's not a work of God. It's not a work of God. He's probably more popular than Moses while he was doing it. But he was under a lot of pressure. And that's usually when it happens for us. A lot of pressure comes to us and we start looking for what is in fleshed. But God is chasing out the flesh. That's good. He called it Yahweh. So these kinds of works are be to be avoided. Doing things in the name of God that are not God's works. We need to be careful. Instead, it is really from our own devices. And the psalm says he will judge our devices. Praise God. He accepts us, 
but he's going to judge the way we do things at times. That's all right with me. I need that. Yahweh would say, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. If they had entered the conversation, the conversing, I am feeling really bad right now. This is not working out as expected. There's over a million people here. We need a trainload of food to feed us. And it's been a month and I'm not feeling good about this. If they had entered the conversation with God, they would have heard something like what we get to hear with question four. Those of you who know about hearing from God, Michael has shared about this. There are particular questions that, like Sonia was sharing, are like a compass to help us get to the real issues. Question four is where, and there are videos of this, so you can probably ask most VCFers or talk to me about a video that explains this. Question four, after God has begun to fill us with his presence and explain what he means, says, what will I do differently? Because that's what we're created for. We're created to not be in flesh with self or other people's projections onto us. How many of us are feeling that right now? How many of us are thinking, what do people... Or I came to the house, I blessed them with peace, and they did not return the peace. It's very painful. That's the flesh in us. It's really against God, but we are connected with other, what others do in the flesh as well. Yeah? It's not just all our own flesh. Sometimes we feel the flesh of others. Our spirit feels that as well. And we need to know that. So let me just share um, a second um, about how God did a little bit of this in me. I, I have talked about bits and pieces of this. I um, was offered out of college a job at CERN, and that is its own story. I said no to it. So instead, I had joined a group of two other women in San Jose, California, and then there were three men in Oakland, and we were just going into the city and just seeing who would accept us. We would go in. I worked at the housing authority. And uh, my parents were not happy. No money. My degree looked to them like thrown out. Um, I was so happy to be doing physics in college because that was my dad's physics and astronomy. So that order was being broken, completely broken, very painful, so painful. It was hard for them to talk to me. And I was down the road from where they lived. They were in Santa Clara. Very hard. My dad, um, he worked for Lockheed, so he had security clearances. When I'd gone on missions, he was like, wait a second here. You don't understand. You may be affecting my job. So they're, they're, these things are very painful. Um, and so um, just to share with you, what, what God began to do is he began to give me dreams because we saw some works, but the time had come to move on. And so I began to get dreams. I didn't know how to hear from God. And when I say hear from God, there's different kinds of hearing from God. But I'm talking about the one that you seek the compass that shows the true north. Now, a dream is a helpful beginning of the compass. It's beginning to get in line, but it's not the whole thing. Thank God this one had a little bit more. I had a dream. I was moving to someplace smoggy. I had a dream that I was changing my bike for a car because I used to ride my bike. I had no car. I had very little money from San Jose to the housing authority every day. I had a dream. I would leave near the beach. That was the one good thing. Woohoo! I get to live near the beach. Um, and so then I began to go, okay, research. I started to think maybe I'm going to go get a degree so I can work in a foreign country and start building houses and cities. I'm like, no. And then was considering Kodak for a while. Thank God I didn't move to that. Um, with the change in phones and whatnot. Um, but then there was a Christian conference and this has only happened two times to me, but again, the compass was moving me in the right direction. This is all I had to work with was my love in Hebrew. Love is your imagination where God comes in. And for the first time ever, I saw gold falling from heaven. What? I don't know. I can't explain it. I cannot, but it came 
And then I was like, this is different. This is different from my own research. This is different from my own efforts. This is God coming in somewhere from heaven. Don't understand it. But right now I'm open because of these dreams. And so I said, yes, I came down. I got a job at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It was wonderful. It was great. Wonderful time of my life. One of my best times of my life. Praise God. Right now I'm in a new best time. But one of the things the girl said to me when she saw me was this. It's for a church plant. I'm like, what's a church plant? It's for a church plant. The church plant then, when I moved down here, it fell through. It didn't happen, as I've shared before. Um, but I can tell you that regarding the dream, somebody came to me and said, you're just starting out. I want to give you this little bit of money to buy a car. One of the people from Oakland had did that, did that. And it was just the amount that somebody who had a little Toyota Corolla, no AC, said was the amount I needed. This big smile on his face. He's like, I was willing to go down to that. So I got that. My brother, when he came to visit me at JPL, it was so smoggy at that time. Now, it's better now, praise God. But at that time, and that would have been late 80s, early 90s, he was green when he rode his bike to see me at JPL and then came back. He was green. He was from Northern California. The air was clean. Down here, it was smoggy. Um, and I can tell you, I've enjoyed going to the beach many times. In fact, my daughter walked to the beach from her work the other day because she drives every day to Santa Monica. Bless her protector in Jesus' name. Now, what did I need to do? The church plant fell through. This was the next stage. I had gone without money, gone without a plan, gone without a lot of things. And um, then I had to hear, don't talk to anyone along the road. So my friend came back to me, the one who invited me down. I was like, no worries. There's another church plant. Okay, now church planting was not a thing back then. It became more popular later. Not a thing. Oh, and he's doing a church plant. Come and meet him. And I was like, no, I just, my heart was so much yearning for God. Yearning for God, not my ways, not their ways, God's ways. May we all have that because then we will see the heavens come out, come down. So I refused. And through a couple of different miracles, one day somebody tricked me when I was home at work. I was supposed to be sick. They kept saying, it doesn't matter. You're sick. Just go. Yeah, just go. So I let him pray for me. That was it. Oh, my goodness. My life was changed. I've shared about that. But you see how important it was? Who brought us together? She did not know I was there that day. Who brought us together? God. Not a community. Not me, not someone else's work, God. And then I have to tell you one other thing that happened around this time. I think it was just before I met Michael. I was now making good, good enough money at JPL. Savings plans were all there. Um, and I bless that. I do that now. But I'm just talking about that time. And we all come to these places where we hit these times. And um, I, it was a congregational meeting. I didn't share with you. One of the things I was doing in San Jose was I was a junior high and high school minister. That's what I was doing. So I had a heart. So we went to the congregational meeting and we heard they're going to let go of the junior high pastor. And this thought came to me, give up your savings. Now I used to like save bonds. I held onto the bonds. Thank God. Cause that's got me through. But God said, give up your savings. You know what? It wasn't hard. I don't know. There had been some kind of work in my flesh that I could just feel the grace of God. I had been going through this already so that when you come to the next round, you're like, well, it worked out last time. Why not this time? And so I um, gave in the money. You know, there's a board meeting about a year ago where I found out that one of our board members, um, he had been a junior high student at that time. And so this is actually on recording because we had to record for others that were not there. And he's like, oh my gosh, you gave money and you helped me at that time. Whatever we can do. But there he was at the board meeting. So as I mentioned, um, I met Michael um, soon after that. And 
then I really needed to know that there was a God and I did not need to trust in the usual way of doing things. See, using our own eyes and our strategies without conversing with God or waiting on God will result in our own reasoning. We get more. You put it in your own thing, you're going to get more of your own thing. Our own reasoning, though, may not be God's reasoning. And we need God's reasoning so much right now, especially. It's too easy for us, especially now, to see things that look good, that attract us, especially attract our eyes versus our hearing, and then just say, that's good. Let's call that God did that. That's God. God did that. It's easy. Um, Our own work, seeing our own needs and planning what God should do for us, his plan or for his plan, rather than listening to God and conversing, meaning we make a plan for God. Not only to make a plan for myself, then I have a plan for God. That's the next level. Remember some of the messages we've heard? God does not want us to take his presence, put it on a cart of all these plans and of all this world's works, you know? He wants it to be felt on our shoulders. That means the presence of God is felt in our flesh. It's so needed by the world what happens at that point. God's not superficial. He's deeply relational. He's deeply relational with you and me. He wants that conversation and he will help us. Because God wants to do his wonders through us. He's Jesus not here except we're his bride. And Jesus is in each one of us. So we're what he has. Praise the Lord. I want to say praise the Lord. He has you. He has you and me. And we just need to continue surrendering. But we can see God will judge our works and our devices. So now let's move to the next person after Peter in Luke 9 and his revelation. Let's look at another person in Luke 10 who also had a hard time. It's not a coincidence that Jesus's words rejoice that your name is written in heaven and teaches us to avoid our own works happens just before this. So let's read Luke 10, 38 to 40. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted or cumbered, or the Greek seems to say dragged around by her own thoughts. Have you ever been dragged around by your own thoughts? Oh my goodness, Jesus, deliver me when that happens. Jesus. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, so here comes the plan. Tell her to help me. But let me just say, before we start judging her, let's just look at what happened in Luke 9 and 10. Let's, let's think what this woman is, has on her mind. You have a lot on your mind too, right? I don't know everything each one of you are dealing with. You have a lot on your mind. So did Mary. So Martha would have heard about the need to welcome and feed the laborers. She would have known all those people have to say yes Because she probably cared for all these people. They need to say yes. I want to say yes. She would have remembered the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they would have said, but we have no more than five loaves and two fish. And then he'd say, okay, have them sit down. He had a plan. She would have remembered that. She would have seen the way the apostles brought the food. And she would have seen a miracle. So a good plan, right? It's a good plan. She wants that, or at least she saw it. So as we come to the end of Luke 10, and Michael just recently preached on Mary, we can also ask ourselves about all that's going on in Martha's mind and ours. We want to do the works of God, but what are all the things we've seen that we feel like, oh, I have to do this, and I have to do this, and this ministry did that, and that minister did that. We have a lot going on in our minds. The instructions of Jesus especially you feed them could be still ringing in her mind. So I propose to you, she's like us. It's just the flesh. Ah, it's painful. 
God, this is not working as before. And I don't like this flesh and it's painful to see it. I think she's an anagram one. Those of you know, anagram ones, it is so painful to see things not working out. It's painful in your flesh. <laughs> she's concerned about much. She wants to intervene, but you know what she does? That's good. She doesn't see Jesus intervene like before. So she goes straight to him. May I suggest that's the one thing at the end. I'm going to mention this again. You don't see things working out. Just let Jesus intervene. Go to him. What's going on? But she's unsettled from her own plans. All her own plans are thrown out and she wants to get it right. Today, let us consider how her flesh caused her and can cause us pressure to not talk to God. To just keep going until it get it right. The flesh Romans, the book of Romans teaches us died with Christ. It's true. Your flesh is dead. So what's going on? Well, I want to suggest to you that the enemy can tickle things in us. He can get us to take things back. You can take back your flesh. You can take it all back from God. Please do not. May you not. But he tickles that flesh to come up. And God lets it because God's like, I'm going deeper with that. You want to use that against her or him? I'm going to take it and go deeper. And I'm going to use it to show how she will do the works of God. But see, our sin is paid for completely. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about doing works to get God's favor. But I'm letting you know, good works that are done in Jesus, they're amazing. They're beautiful. It is worth it to go through the pain to get that kind of joy. But notice she commands Jesus, take care of Mary. Notice she does all the things we do. I just want to just say we could just break it all down. It's just textbook. You know, I'm not happy. You slander this person over here. It's Mary. I'd be happy if Mary was doing it. All the men are next to her. Don't talk about them. We're just talking about Mary. She's my sister. So he goes after that. She goes after other things as well, including God telling God what to do. But Jesus was there for her, just like he's here for us right now. Wherever we're at, whatever we're facing right now, where God, you feel the squeeze in your own work. You feel the squeeze in your own family or whatever you're doing right now. And the flesh is kind of, oh, I did not know that was there, but that's not God. She's looking at Jesus to help her overcome the flesh and its own devices. So she asked this, Lord, do you not care? Yes, the Lord cares. The Lord cares. You know, I'm telling you, the things sometimes we have in the back of our minds are just amazing. I've known the Lord's for so long during the fall conference. Um, when we were asked, like the Shunammite woman, what do you want? You know, I realized. I didn't really know. This is going to be crazy, okay? This is just flesh. I'm just sharing it with you. I'm like, God, do you have time for me? Do you have time for me? That's crazy. I'm the one usually rushing around. But that is connected to a problem with my flesh. I run around because I don't know how much time God has for me. Praise God. So I'm growing in that. Thank you, Jesus. We have flesh that gets drawn out by God. We're married to those, or we have friends who have this process happening. So you can see what's happening with Mary can happen all over the church. And this can become either a wonderful place of discipleship or very difficult and dangerous. So Martha does this interesting thing. She tries to work out the works of God by going through her community. That's easy, isn't it? Like, you know what? If I can just get these three or four people together, we got it done. And I am so for organization. You can ask anybody. I'm very for organization, but there's a kind of organization that we don't converse with God and we converse with our community and ask God to bless it. Put your presence on that God. There you go. It's beautiful. All these great ministerial degrees, all this has happened. Put your presence there. God wants direct relationship with us. That is what he died for. He died for direct relationship with us to heal us that we think 
that there's no time that he has for us. He has so much time. So let me just share about the cake right now. Okay. What, um, so there's, a um, Fred Bush was a professor at Fuller when Michael and I were over there and he did a class on the Pentateuch. It's amazing. He just takes a look at these sacrifices and these offerings. And he says, you know what all this is? You think you're, you think you're bored by all this? Let me tell you, this is a picture of what Jesus is going to do. All of this is a picture. It is the model of the shape of God's love. That's amazing. It's a model, the shape of God's love. But, you know, I'm more interested in physics, so I don't spend that much time with it. I have to be honest. But this one grabbed me because I can hear from God. Leviticus 2. Let me tell you about an offering. Now, again, don't forget, this offering is not, it's for those who are already acceptable by God, covered by the precious blood of Jesus. You're accepted. Now let's see how the growth happens and the flesh happens. So in Leviticus 2, um, what we were supposed to, what they did was to bring, it's called a meat offering, but it doesn't mean meat. It means food because it's meat for it. It's like, it's food. It's a meal offering. It does not have to have meat like cow. It is food. And so it's a grain offering. So it represents our efforts. It's our efforts of the grain. What they needed to do is they needed to grind it really fine. They had to take it, make flour really fine. Sometimes we feel like we're being ground. We probably are. Praise God. Praise God. We're being ground. And then they had to pour oil on it, which is the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then frankincense. And then they have to burn it. You take it to the priest and you burn it. And it's a fragrant aroma. It is a picture of what Jesus did all the 30 some years that he was here with us. He knew that he was heading towards the cross. He knew the end of the cross, but you know, all those 30 years, like the song was saying, he held us. He held you. His works were perfect. There was not one work, not one healing that was for self. It was always for God's glory. Now he is God, but there is a way in which in relationality, he related to God. I give this to you. I do this for you. I will obey you. You tell me in the garden, Gethsemane to stay. I will stay there. And so he, he was ground and sifted. You can see what he went through. It's so much pain. He was carrying our flesh. What I want to say to you today is this. Our flesh was carried. And this flesh is sometimes experienced by us. We feel the pain too, but I promise you, he has yoked himself to us and he carried all your flesh those years. So by the time when he got on the cross and the flesh died, he'd already been carrying your works on him. He knew the way that you would do this in the name of God, but it was superficial or it was not what God had. It was not after conversation with God. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. So. When we're talking about these things, God's doing the work in us and we're looking at Jesus who has already finished the work. So when we're in pain, we bring the pain to him, knowing he's yoking himself to us and he's carrying it. Even then that's so important to us because when the pressure comes, sometimes we want to run away. We want to run away. We want to run away from everybody because, um, or we want to slander people or we want to do things that are like those who don't have their name in the book of life, but we do. So stay in there. We need to stay in there. So let me just share a time of incredible pressure that I was under just in April. So this is not from years ago. And um, so for Martha, it looked as if she could really miss out. She'd be missing out even if she conversed um, with Jesus because she wanted to finish the job. But that's the main thing that was needed. She had to wait on God to hear what the real answer was. So the real answer is, we'll read that later. You all know, only one thing is necessary. Choose me as the portion. But we learn how the sacrifice for the meal offering is to do God's will in God's way. We do not on our own do God's will. We need to be enfleshed with Jesus. And so how does he do that? So Jesus, who was not sin, was made sin 
through the offering of him as the precious, perfect lamb. And Jesus, who had no sinful flesh, became flesh for us and crucified that flesh. We reckon this is what Romans says. Watchman, he talks about you reckon, we reckon it when the flesh is screaming out. I'm going to share a story about that. We reckon it. And what does the oil and the frankincense say? I forgot that. Oil is the Holy Spirit. You welcome the Holy Spirit. Come pour over all the problems, Holy Spirit. Wow, these are a lot of problems, Holy Spirit. And then what does frankincense represent? Worship and prayer. Worship and prayer. You worship God. You pray. Even as things are coming at you, you worship and we worship and pray. And so what happened for me in April, this is called, this is my story, it's called Roofs and Taxes. Roofs and Taxes. So I love doing my taxes on time. I've always done that. Um, and I enjoy the receipts and everything. Um, TurboTax has been kind of crazy, but you know, um, I keep praying it through and somehow it's worked out. Um, but this year, March, April, something happened and that was lots of rainstorms happen. And God just said to me, don't focus on your taxes, focus on the leaking roof. Now, you guys don't notice, praise God, so I'm not going to point it out. But it came all the way into the sanctuary, and it came all the way down there. Yeah? Praise God. We found it in time miraculously. Um, but that was a very painful process. I was up there every single day trying to figure out where are these leaks coming from? How do we do it? We had children's ministry um, cloths up trying to drip it off of the steel beams, and they would drip down in this kind of elaborate way into a bucket because otherwise they go on to a 12 by 12 beam. There are two of them that run right across here. And there's a retrofit around this place right here from 2018. And that was very painful because it was cold and it was just going back over it and over it. And then there were emails. And then these emails were like, what? This happened in 2019? Oh, and so we had roofers coming in. That was painful. I don't need to go into it all, right? You don't need to know all these details. Sometimes my kids are like, please don't tell us at home. Do not tell us. But it's painful. And you see the emails. You're like, what? Why that? Why would you do that? Why would you stop there? Very painful. Spent money. Why not go all the way? Jesus. And so God, I could feel my flesh coming out. We had people that came and helped and God said, just keep praying. So I prayed through that time. But you know what? Tax day came. And I was one day before, and I had been on the phone because there's one other thing I didn't tell you. I have a, we had a W-2, and it, there were problems with our W-2. Or at least there was more research that needed to happen. There were these new tax rules we didn't know about. And so that was a problem. And so I was on the phone in between, sometimes in the attic, like, excuse me, can you tell me about this rule? Like, how do we do the W-2s? So W-2 is where you put your income so that you can tell the truth to the IRS about what you make. And it looked too high. So the day came before and every single tax consultant said they had no idea because this was such a weird thing that happened on our W-2. So the day before I was in the, I was in another room and I'm like, please, do you know anything about this? And the man, the tax consultant said, I have no idea, but where do you live? I said, I live in Los Angeles, Altadena. So I don't know where he was from. <laughs> I was calling very far away. He said, you know what? You have a free tax extension this year. Wow. A free tax extension. Because the thing about extensions is that, yeah, praise God for all of us who got them. Like, praise God. Is that you better make sure, though, you pay what you owe or you'll have fees. So it's, you know, you better make sure. But it was a sign that God was at work. And so I received that as a sign. Be to say that just this week, I was able to finish my taxes. And guess what? We didn't know anything. Praise God. It all worked out. All the research and everything came out and they were right. But thank God for solar panels that came through. I'm like, I didn't know it did that, but it did. The solar panels helped out. Um, and we're very thankful. So this is an offering after we're already accepted. The precious blood of Jesus has covered us. And now Jesus wants to enflesh us with his work. His works. Jesus carries the major work of this. 
as we worship, as we pray, as we do our devotions, all of this, none of it does it on its own. Jesus is doing it. But all these are places where Jesus allows us to be yoked to him so he is dealing with our flesh. He has already borne the pain of our growth. Isn't that great? Jesus has already borne the pain of our growth. When you're feeling the pain, like, oh, that hurt. That person shouldn't have said that, but I'm not going to say this to another person. You know, talk to them directly. Jesus bore the pain of that. We enter into it because reckoning, we reckon it. And that's what good accountants do. We're just accounting what God's done in this world. He can take out the demons. He can take out the sickness. And he can also take out so much of the pain of our growth. But there is still some because we need the stretching. So we put our eyes on him and off of ourself and not on our own interest. As Martha, it seems, according to one of the Greek words, did. She was interested in her own interests. And the miracles that come out of it are so worth it. And in this way, Jesus becomes enfleshed in us. And our works naturally become more of his works. People can see him more clearly through us. So what was the effect on Martha? We're going to jump now. What was the effect? We know the effect on Peter. You know the end of this story. Um, A very great effect. A wonderful effect like it's going to have on you and me. The conversation with Jesus allowed her to know, I have some flesh here. And Jesus is dealing with it. Um, She did not push back on him, it appears. She accepted him. And this was very critical for the days ahead in her life. We've been hearing that in our message, right? Critical for the days ahead. I do not know what the days ahead are going to be. Jesus knew for Martha. Jesus knew Martha and Mary needed more of a work during that time. What were the days ahead? The death of her brother. Her brother was going to die. And I know some of us have been still feeling the effects of loved ones who have died. I think about those I've loved to have died in the past years. So, but Jesus, when he heard Lazarus died, he tarried a few days after he was called. So Lazarus died. And then Jesus arrived. Again, the order of the kingdom of God is so different from our order and what we would want to happen. But look what it does in Martha. Martha shows she's already been taken to deeper places, ankle to knee. Now she's ready for the loins, ready to go deeper. She hears Jesus is on his way. So what does she do? She doesn't talk to anybody along the way. She's not concerned about the community. She's like, I'm going after Jesus. And this is a true community. A true community says this. It's a bunch of us that are like, I'm seeking after Jesus. Wow, you got that too? You got the cake? That's a... That is a grain offering. That is a meal cake. They would bake these things into cakes. We are all going after Jesus. And then we see all the signs that he is here and there. She runs out to see him wherever he may be. So let's go ahead and read this. Um, I think it is in John 11, 20 to 26. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, so here's the first and second death. So she's like focusing on the first death of the body, the flesh. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. His name is in the book of life. Amen. She knows that. And we know that. But Jesus is talking about something here. The first death. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And here is her Peter leap of revelation coming on in. She gets it. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. That means the anointed one, the son of God who is come into the world. You have 
all authority in this world as well as in the world to come. So we're going to jump to the very end of this at the tomb. And what happens is that she does, she's a very practical person. When Jesus says, okay, open the tomb, open the stone. She's like, wait, this is going to be smelly. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure? And when she falters and is concerned about the smell, just one word from Jesus corrects her. Isn't that great? Just one word. Like Peter and Luke 9, both have come to something deeper, a deeper revelation through very painful things, a deeper work. For Martha, she grows from power and authority in the kitchen and the home to power and authority to declare that Jesus will raise her brother and he can do it. That is another whole level that God wants us all to have. Another whole level. It's not easy, but he knows how to get us there. It's going to be okay. So verse, um, let's see, uh, verse 40. So after she was scared about the smell, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. He's not even Lazarus. He's a dead man. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out. Amen, Jesus. I know many of us, most of us, all of us have not seen that kind of resurrection yet, but the world needs to see it. I remember being on just one day watching TV and on NBC, there was a pastor they let on who was giving a testimony about how his sister had died and her feet were already turning black and she came back to life again. Yeah, these things happen. And it does, it does stretch us and we may not be there, but that's okay because God is going to just take us to the next step. The flesh brings its own devices in. We have our own methods. They work well, but they don't work as well in the order of God to minister to God. Just like the Israelites that could not stand to wait any longer for Moses and they built a golden calf. So joining God in these works of the kingdom, allow us to be purified of flesh. This leads us to grow into deeper, more powerful works in his kingdom. It is a fragrance of Jesus. It will catch the world. It will release us to be who we really are. To forget the old self, to forget what people said about us. So it has no more effect on our flesh, the things that people have said. No more. No more holding me back for the things of God. We grow in joy too. Because even though these things will happen, our real joy is our names are with him. They're with us, with him in heaven. He knows our name. He knows everything about us. We see the pain in Martha. We know our pain. We know the pain in others at times. And so we need to pray. That's why we pray for each other. So I concur with Michael. We are in days where we'll need to see more of God. We're in days where we need to grow. And God's given us a compass to move us in that direction. So what can we do? What can we do now? So yes, converse with God while you worship. Allow the worship to be a conversation. Open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, which we try to do as a church. Be free. If the Holy Spirit gives you something and it keeps coming back, we welcome you. Speak it out. Be part of the grain offering. Allow it to come out, even in this congregation or with others. Come to daily prayer. Even if you don't want to be praying along with people exactly with their English, you can pray in the Spirit. So much is happening where we're being built up so that our flesh is getting out of the way. We're getting our flesh out of the way. I don't want to be seen. I want Jesus to be seen. Take my flesh out of the way, Lord God. 
That's what God has for us today. He died for this. He lived those 30 plus years for this. And he's yoking himself to you and me right now. That the pain of as we, as we go through it, we will not lash out, but we will ask him to sift us like fine flour. And we will see the fragrance of God released in this world. Let us pray. Hungry, Lord. Hungry. We're so hungry for you. We thank you that your meat, your bread is to do the will of your father. And so, God, we ask that because we're hungry when our flesh blocks us. We are asking right now for a movement of your Holy Spirit to release us. These strongholds right now in Jesus name that won't even let us move forward. That won't even let us into the river of God where we begin to feel the movement of the spirit taking us deeper. The current of the spirit come break strongholds right now in Jesus name. We break curses that have been placed on us in Jesus name. We break repeated patterns that are not of God. that keep etching themselves into our flesh. We welcome the oil of Jesus to flow over and to heal. And we receive the burning of your perfect fire right now. As Lord, you, God, get us ready to be ready for the next things that come. Thank you for really doing it all and letting us, Lord, bring ourselves close to you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.